1: Right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This week, we will be diving into the possible players that could have been involved in the assassination. Who could have done it? Who could have planned it out? Who could have set the gears in motion? Who could have pulled the trigger? Who done it? There are some key groups that we have found out were part of this or could have been part of this. We will go over all of them and we will start with one of the biggest and notorious groups that could have been behind this assassination, and that is La Cosa Nostra, the Mafia. So to understand how the Mafia plays a possible part in the assassination of JFK, we have to look at all the things prior to 1963. It was well documented that the mafia and the CIA had a professional relationship. They teamed up in a plot to kill Fidel Castro. After the Bay of Pigs, the casino operations of the mafia had taken a hit, resulting in millions lost, and in Operation Mongoose, the mafia would aid the CIA by having one of the mafia associates who worked in the kitchen of Castro attempt to poison him. The reaches of the mafia even extended to the FBI, as it said.
0: Operation Mongoose was a secret program aimed against Cuba to remove communism from its power.
1: So right off the bat, we have to look at the Mafia as a very viable threat when it came to JFK. It's no secret that JFK had quite a few enemies at the time of his assassination, which makes the conspiracy ever-growing. Lee Harvey Oswald, it was later found out through investigation, kind of had ties to the Mafia. He was peripherally attached to them but Jack Ruby the man who ended up killing Lee Harvey Oswald definitely had ties to the mafia if you look back at Jack Ruby's history he was born and grew up in Chicago so he became an affiliate of the Chicago mafia families mainly the Giancana families
0: who ran Chicago's big crime outfit from 57 mainly to the late 60s. The Giancana family were also heavily involved in the 1960 presidential election victory with Kennedy.
1: JFK and and Robert, their father, Joseph, he was running bootlegging during the time of prohibition and he kind of had the ins and outs of when prohibition would end through being friends with politicians and people high up in the in the world and he ended up buying up all the scotch from these british importers and he bought up all the scotch so when prohibition ended he made this mass amount of money and he stepped on the toes of the mafia at the time especially within the chicago area and other major cities
2: Well oh, i'm sure that didn't float too well assuming that that was a huge massive income for the illicit markets of the time
1: yeah, you're looking at the time of Prohibition where the Mafia, like you said, was making most of their money. They're running the illegal bootleg game. They they got the speakeasies. They got the import of moonshine from the South. They got scotch and whiskey coming in through the, through the ports in New York and New Jersey. This was their livelihood for, for the most part.
0: Global networks, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah. They were probably getting stuff. Uh, you would imagine they were probably getting things from from Italy, Sicily, especially the Giancana family who had ties in Sicily. Yep. When you're going in to kill someone's business, of course, they're going to want something in return.
0: He also was a big player in gambling as well.
1: When you think of gambling, when you think of casinos, it, at least to me, the first thing that pops into my head is, is the mafia or losing my rent for the month. That, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have a good time in Vegas, man. (laughs) Yeah, right? All or nothing.
1: Joseph Kennedy made a promise to the mafia. He said, look, we're going to get my son into the White House. He's going to be in power and then... Everything, all the heat is going to be taken off, you guys. He's going to make it so that everything is fine and dandy. You guys go about your business and nobody will ever bother you again.
0: That didn't happen.
1: (laughs) Far from. Robert Kennedy goes on to become the attorney general and makes it his mission that he's going to go after the mafia. He's going to go after the mob. And for the longest time, the head of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, had denied the existence of the mafia altogether. How do you deny the existence of the mafia
0: he, he must have been getting something out of it. People on street corners knew who the mafia was. Like, how do you <laughs> deny it publicly?
1: <laughs> but the people on the street corners were the ones that were getting shot on the street corners or having their businesses shaken down for money.
0: And then it makes it to the highest level where the president gets killed.
1: Hey, it's all possible.
0: You never know.
1: Robert Kennedy comes in, he starts taking on the mafia. The only reason that he becomes attorney general is because his brother is the president. His brother kind of gives him that position. What does the mafia take that as? Disrespect. What's the one thing you don't want to do to a mafioso? disrespect him. Disrespect. We look at one of the largest mafia bosses at the time, Samuel Mooney Giancana.
0: One thing to point out, too, that during the 60s, Giancana was recruited by the CIA in a plot to assassinate Fidel Castro.
1: So they were trying to poison his food, I guess. Well, you know, it, it that's the, a very Italian thing to do, you know, put some ground-up glass in the meatballs or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey,
0: swallowed glass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm bleeding internally here.
2: Ah, <laughs> Mamma <laughs> mia! <laughs> These meatballs are a little crunchy, there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mooney, what's up with the meatballs? <laughs> they realize that their mother did not make those meatballs.
1: Giancana kind of agrees to go in on the CIA thing because he has businesses through his mafia friends or his lieutenants or whatever you would call them. He has two business associates, one Carlos Joseph Marcello and Santo Traficante Jr. Now Santo Traficante Jr., he was the head of the Traficante crime family and he controlled organized crime operations in Florida and Cuba. He had links to the Bonanno crime family in New York City, which it was said that J. Edgar Hoover at one point or another had meetings with so kind of suspect there
2: i don't know man i don't know if that's too suspect like you know you got this big government politician meeting with the the smuckety smuck mafioso type guys yeah totally not shady
0: the banana crime family also is where you get into like people like donnie brasco
1: see the thing that strikes me odd is that the head of the FBI goes and meets with one of the heads of the New York crime families, but then will come back to his office and deny the existence of the mafia.
0: That's an interesting meeting to have and then forget about it. I don't know. Maybe
2: maybe he had like dementia or something.
1: I mean, that's like going to meet Santa Claus and then coming home and telling your kids <laughs> there's no Christmas. It was all a dream. There's no Christmas this year. <laughs>
2: Christmas never happened. Ho, ho, no. There's never been a Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ho, ho, no.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It invalidates him as a person. People obviously know that the mafia is a thing. Why Why would he do that? Why would he do that to himself?
1: <sighs> maybe you have to look at the time frame in which he was saying it.
2: Uh, we are looking at it me- from 2020.
1: Yeah, maybe in the 60s they're not playing as big of a role as they did in the 70s 80s and 90s they're under the radar at that point like I said doing business shakedowns interfamily wars I guess with other crime families so who knows maybe it was one of those things that was kept under the radar
0: yeah maybe the mafia didn't really come into popular light until the early 70s when the godfather actually came out
1: <laughs> also, Carlos Joseph Marcello, who was, an, he was a crime boss out of New Orleans, and his territory went from New Orleans into Texas. He had reaches into Dallas especially. There was also a story that Carlos Marcello went to the immigration office, just a mandatory stop by and say, hey, I'm not being a scumbag type of thing. And as he's leaving the immigration office, Robert Kennedy has his thugs come in, one of them coincidentally named Maroon. They pick up Marcello, they drop him off in Nicaragua. In the, the jungles of Nicaragua with nothing, no food, no water, no anything, and left him to die. And Marcello almost did. So therein lies another issue and another problem that Marcello himself took personally against the Kennedys and especially against Robert Kennedy. And he bare
0: grilled his way right out of that fucking situation. Yeah,
2: dude, wasn't he back in
1: like two months? <laughs> like within two months, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, was, That's he, was, incredible. he beasted it. Well then so after the whole Bay of Pigs Fiasco, Cuba puts a clamp down on everything. America stops trade with them. It was a stop on both ends of that relationship if there ever was one, which in turn destroys the casino business and the illegal gambling business of the Mafia within Cuba. That's Santo Traficante's territory. Now he's working out of Florida and Cuba. so he's taking a big hit to the money which I'm sure he was handing off to Giancano at some point. So now the mafia is hurting, losing all this money. There's a big motive for why they would want Kennedy gone.
0: But yeah, he was operating out of Miami, Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, all those places in the close vicinity to Cuba.
1: It's not beyond reason that you can already see the gears of this turning and see how the plans could have been laid out. Is it possible that the CIA reprised their relationship with the mafia in order to pull off an assassination on JFK? It's a mutual beneficial operation. Well,
0: because you're getting rid of the main competition. Yeah, literally the people that are halted. Thing you in
2: your tracks yes.
1: which kind of delves into another group that would have wanted jfk gone is the cia so when jfk comes into power and he takes his presidency one of the first things that he says is that he wants to dismantle the cia into a hundred different pieces he wants them to take all their operations secret or otherwise all their black ops and run them through the joint chiefs of staff now that puts everything on the books and takes funding away from the CIA, at least an endless amount of money away from them.
0: When you're taking the money away from the CIA, did that take away their reaches to get like into like black projects? Would that have affected that budget?
1: Well, yeah. You have to imagine that now every plan that they have, every operation that they want to make, every move that they want to make, they have to run it by the higher ups. Every so view makes. sorry. I just Thank you. Beautiful it. voice, but it does put a hindrance on an agency that previously had no restraints. Did it ever
0: lose its
2: restraints? Well, no. Thanks to Kennedy getting murked. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean that's yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah. the reality <laughs> of it.
2: Yeah, which further proves their potential motives. You know.
1: The only danger to the CIA was Kennedy. So now you have these two groups that have previously worked together on operations, especially throughout Cuba. You have two groups that definitely would benefit from Kennedy being out of the picture. It's not all that far-fetched that you could see, hey, why don't we shake hands again? Why don't we work together again? And instead of you having one of your guys poison the pasta sauce, eh, we we just just take a shot at the president.
2: I don't know. It seems like a pretty (laughs) solid plan.
0: (laughs) He poisoned the pasta vasul. Don't drink the table wine.
1: There's a story that goes around. At least this is how the facts are laid down on the part of the mafia. The order... To take out the president goes on. They try to find somebody to perform the deed and they pretty much put it all on Carlos Marcello. So, Carlos Marcello is in charge of finding somebody to take on this task since his territory is in Dallas. He starts talking to Traficante about how Kennedy wasn't going to make it to the next election. He keeps hinting at how Kennedy's going to be hit before the next election because Robert Kennedy is doing a lot of damage to the mafia overall especially when it comes to jimmy hoffa jimmy hoffa is being called into courtrooms and he's being questioned by robert kennedy robert kennedy has a tail put on carlos marcello
0: one thing about Marcello is that, since he was running crime operations out of partly Dallas, is that in a book in 1989 called Mafia Kingfish, Carlos Marcello and the Assassination of JFK was written by a guy named John H. Davis. He says Oswald and Ruby had, quote, strong ties to Marcello.
2: Mm. Yeah, so that that's pretty much a, a direct link now. Whether you want to debate whether this author is credible or not, that's completely up to you. But I don't know, it, it seems like a pretty pretty strong source
0: considering they were all linked to dallas texas at one point yeah and some shady business
1: it's one of the more credible conspiracies and it has a lot of facts to back it up one of the things that i think is kind of the smoking gun no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) Is that Santo Traficante, at one point, he's involved with the CIA, and they all are. It's a relationship that they carry on even past the assassination. So Traficante one day is talking about how the hit was put out on Kennedy, and he's quoted as saying, I think Marcello was wrong in taking out John Kennedy. It should have been Robert Kennedy.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: So you have this mafioso who is closely linked to Carlos Marcello. He's closely linked to Giancano. And he's closely linked to the CIA. And he's quoted as saying, in not so many words, that Marcello put the hit out on Kennedy. But the wrong Kennedy.
2: It's alleged that... Carlos Marcello actually admitted to putting this hit out while he was in a Texas prison. Did you hear anything about that? Yes. Uh, Yeah, so he he literally admitted to this dude uh, Jack Van Lanningham. He masterminded the whole plot. He planted red herrings, he called them, pretty much things to mislead and elude information. He planted these red herrings to confuse press and embarrass the FBI and CIA into suppressing information, which is pretty much what this is all about, the suppression of information. He then went on to admit that he arranged for two men to carry out the hit of the assassination and setting up Oswald as the fall guy, essentially just the scapegoat.
1: Yeah, the patsy.
2: And he told this dude, Jack Van Lanningham, that he ordered for the murder of other conspirators such as Johnny Roselli and Sam Garcia. So he cut off all loose ends. This dude, Johnny Roselli, they found him floating in a 55-gallon barrel in some bay near Miami, decomposing. Some fishers fished him up, and Sam Garcia, I'm pretty sure, got shot to death. Well, that doesn't sound like some...
1: Oh, I thought he was in the barrel fishing.
2: No, 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 no. (laughs) No, some fishermen found him.
0: Hey, guys, check out my new boat. (laughs) the USS 55 uh, also about that mafia kingfish book that was written along with oswald and ruby having strong ties to marcello oswald was supposedly in russia and brought a russian wife back to texas that wasn't actually oswald it was an imposter that visited the russian embassies in cuba and mexico very strange stuff that goes into
1: that All right, so we got to take a moment to kind of step back and look at Lee Harvey Oswald as the perfect patsy. He was found plotting to try and kill Major General Edwin Walker seven months prior to JFK being assassinated. So that right there puts him into the crosshairs of being a viable threat.
0: He's already on the national security list for being someone that popped off. Yeah,
1: He also works in the Texas School Book Depository.
0: Which puts him there.
1: Which puts him right on the spot during that day. He has ties to Russia. At one point, he wanted to go and live in Russia and prove his fealty to, to Russia. He's got a Russian mail-order wife. It all signs point to that guy being the one to pull the trigger. Plus, he has an army background. But it's also said that Lee Harvey Oswald was a CIA operative himself. Is it possible that Oswald was a second shooter after all, but didn't take the kill shot, and Jack Ruby might have been part of it, and Jack Ruby goes and wants to silence Oswald from outing him?
0: He also had a disturbing the peace charge on him on August 9th, 1963 in New Orleans. Lee Harvey Oswald did? Yes. Oh, no shit. Yeah. He was arrested in new orleans
1: so he's arrested in new orleans now we're looking at new orleans who was the crime boss in new orleans
2: marcello
1: marcello
2: oh geez it all starts to come together pretty tight
1: hey oswald being in in louisiana marcello in louisiana just months before hmm
0: sounds like a family to me
1: One other thing to note about the mafia before we move on is that before JFK was killed, Jimmy Hoffa was being looked at by Robert Kennedy. He was kind of investigating into him, and Jimmy Hoffa had a lawyer named Frank Regano. Now, Frank Regano, post-Hoffa and post the assassination, was later quoted as saying Hoffa had passed a message to his lawyer, and he went on to pass on the message to Marcello and Giancano to, quote, take out kennedy so hoffa wanted kennedy dead but did he want john f kennedy dead or did he want robert kennedy dead
0: that's the real question (laughs) the thing that makes it more compelling is that both of them are gone now oh yeah they got them both at some point whoever it was got the right kennedy
2: well i feel like either way both would have had to go for their motives you know
1: it's entirely possible you look at robert kennedy five years later he gets assassinated So, you know, maybe the mafia takes a couple years off, gets the heat off of them, quells any kind of suspicion that they were involved, and then they go back and finish the job? The right job this time? Could the JFK assassination simply have been a miscommunication?
2: A horrible game of telephone. Dude, imagine that, like, holy shit, you guys killed the president? No, not that, Kennedy, come on! (laughs) Hoover was completely denying the very existence of the mafia. While Robert Kennedy, the attorney general, was investigating the mafia and trying to just completely cut him off. JFK was going to force retirement on Hoover at his legal federal retirement age. And I don't think Hoover was really, really about all that. Probably not. Like. Bro, you're too
1: old. Get the hell out of here.
2: <laughs> this is all I have. <laughs> no.
1: But yeah, I mean, if you look at Hoover, he was this very staunch man. He was very proud of his position. At one point, it was said that J. Edgar Hoover was the most powerful man in America, including the president. So when you have that title and you are pretty much the alpha and the omega of, of the FBI at that time, why would you want to leave?
2: That's true. But at the same time, why wouldn't you want to leave? Like how that's gotta be wicked stressful, dude. And let's not forget, like we said before, J. Edgar Hoover had met with multiple mafia families in New York on multiple occasions, clearly showing some some strong ties going on there.
1: See, it's interesting to me because it's very possible that a lot of these agencies and a lot of these government figures were probably getting kickbacks from illegal activities especially the cia the cia throughout all of time has been found to fund their operations and gain extra money and all that other shit from selling drugs or pulling off assassinations for hire and it's no secret that the cia has gone above and beyond to secure funds so could We look at J. Edgar Hoover and say, okay, this is an untouchable man. He could have had anybody wiretapped. He could have had anybody followed. And did it possibly happen to everybody but him?
2: I I don't think that's unrealistic whatsoever, assuming the position that he was in. You're right.
1: We also have to look at the Cubans
2: as a whole as a potential suspect of the Kennedy assassination. If you guys listened to the last podcast, you know that Kennedy sent in an operation called the Bay of Pigs, which was an utter failure to pretty much disassemble the Cuban Castro whole power play that they had going on over there. You had Operation Mongoose going on. We we were pretty much trying to kill Fidel Castro, get rid of him, put an end to the communism, all that So there was pretty much no love whatsoever between Cuba then and the the Kennedy family. So there's definitely a possibility that Fidel had it out for John F. Kennedy for trying to put an end to what he worked for, for Cuba.
1: That's interesting in itself, because if you're talking about power... You have very powerful individuals involved in this whole situation. You have Fidel Castro. You have Alan Dulles and the CIA. You have J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. You have Marcello and Traficante and Giancano from the huge mafia families. So, And it's said that the mafia had deep, deep ties into, into the government. One person was even quoted as saying, you can't have the government without the mafia and you can't have the mafia without the government. They were kind of hand-in-hand. Well, in
0: 1959, there was the Cuban Revolution, where tons of Cubans migrated to the United States, you know, with hopes to overthrow Castro and then come back to the U.S. and live here.
1: Fidel Castro also previously had made a statement saying that he had a desire for revenge against the United States government. So, post-JFK assassination, his words were closely looked at. And Fidel was put into the, the crosshairs of the American government as a huge suspect of being behind this assassination. Plus, Fidel had a relationship with Khrushchev, and that brings the Russians into it. And who was involved with the Russians? Lee Harvey Oswald. So it's, it's all things that come full circle. It's all relationships, whether they be peripheral or pretty direct that are pointing to something other than maybe just one person did this
0: this is definitely an elaborate lot by probably not one person
2: yeah i'd say like realistically i don't think it was one person or even one group of people i think there was definitely something larger at play some some shaking of hands
1: now that we've looked at the main players and the main conspirators that could have been at fault for this assassination and been behind the planning of it let's kind of take a look at some of the lesser known or lesser thought plots or conspirators one of those being the KGB could it have been a KGB agent could it have been the KGB as an entity that put out the hit on behalf of Khrushchev
0: could have very much been we were in the arms of
2: the cold war well yeah didn't russia hand over those missiles to cuba Hmm. and then we just kind of walked up in there trying to put an end to it like that that makes russia look weak in my opinion
1: it's kind of well known that the kgb had operatives within america whether they were sleepers or they were whatever they were they were within the borders of the united states absolutely and that brings into play the possibility of did we have a manchurian candidate did we have someone who might have gone undergone some sort of government experiment whether it be the russian government or even the united states government Could Lee Harvey Oswald have been a subject or victim of an MKUltra-like experiment?
0: I was just going to say, Lee Harvey Oswald is a perfect candidate for some type of driving experiment to make somebody do something against their will.
1: Yeah, military background, kind of already doesn't have the greatest relationship with America and doesn't really like the way that US politics are going and is very outspoken about it so hmm
2: patsy alert yeah (laughs) (laughs) we need a patsy alarm
1: when we look at the zapruder film we see that there's a lot of people in the crowd but one person in particular was drawn out to those that were investigating the assassination and taking this whole thing frame by frame that individual came to be known as the umbrella man So in the film, you see uh, off to center right of the grassy knoll, you see a man who is wearing a suit, and above him, he has a black umbrella.
0: Clearly, to cover himself from the the hot Texan sun. Very harmful UV rays.
1: Could be. But investigators looked at it, and they said, hmm, could that umbrella have been a weapon? Well through drawings and design and a way that they came up with it they looked at it and they said okay well the handle of the umbrella could have been the trigger and then the barrel of it could have been one of the ends of the umbrella arms it was it's a very odd drawing and you can definitely see it if you look it up on the internet
0: wasn't the cia known for having weapons that were like that i mean it's almost like double o stuff yeah spyware
1: that's spyware
0: the Umbrella Man, his name was Louis Stephen Witt. I believe he was brought into court years later and had no recollection that he was even a suspect.
1: Yeah, imagine years after the assassination, somebody comes to you and they say, Oh, yeah, we're looking for this guy that was holding the umbrella in the film. Oh, that's me. Yeah, we think he's the one that did it. <laughs> what?
0: Can you can you imagine the cold sweat that goes off your body when you get that? Because like, I believe that the the court cases were in the 70s or the 80s, imagine getting that phone call and just, oh, God. (laughs) Oh,
2: God. I knew I should
0: have left the umbrella (laughs) at home. Yeah, I should have just put the sunscreen on, man. Like,
1: (laughs) Well, as it turns out, Louis Stephen Witt came to court, brought the umbrella, which is also odd in itself because even if the umbrella was a weapon why would you bring it into court with you (laughs) wouldn't you just leave that at home and get yourself a black umbrella and then go to court Uh, and be like oh look it's just a regular umbrella yeah uh whatever but either way he comes into court and it's years later it's probably like 15 years later and that's another question that i have to bring up 15 years later how many what's the longest that you've ever owned an umbrella
2: I don't think I've ever owned an umbrella. That must have been a stellar umbrella.
1: <laughs> For 15 years, roughly.
2: <laughs> Do we know where Louis? How much it does it lived? rain in Texas? Well, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Dallas.
0: I mean, it rains in Dallas.
2: How they fast have- does a uh, does an umbrella decompose? <laughs> they
1: have- they're in Tornado
2: Alley, I believe. So it's it's they it must get rain,
1: according to Witt. He brought out the umbrella during that day, knowing that the president would go by as a show of some sort of protest against the president. Not mainly against the president, Uh but against his father, Joseph Kennedy. He didn't approve of a lot of the things that Joseph Kennedy had done and how JFK had got into the office. So back in the 30s and 40s, a way of showing protest was to go to a public forum and hold up a black umbrella.
2: That is very interesting. I've never heard of that. It's an interesting form of protest considering now
0: a day's forms of protest are not much different, but in that form.
2: I'm I don't bring know, I umbrella. think we should give it a shot, yeah. Let's bring umbrellas instead, man. Hey. Nobody's going to get it though. No. I don't know, no. maybe. <laughs> you got that one guy that's like
0: oh the umbrella man
1: yo i forgot my umbrella bro (laughs) another conspirator that may or may not have been a part of this we have said previously and many people have said previously that there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll one man in particular named james files he was put in prison for a 50-year term because he had murdered someone Now, while he was in prison, he goes on to confess to news reporters and anybody pretty much who would listen that he was the second shooter on the grassy knoll. He goes on to say, explain exactly where he was standing, what he was doing, what weapon he was using, how it all went down. He even said, oh, yeah, I saw the highway sign and the president's motorcade was about to go beyond the highway sign. So I took the shot before the sign. He had some stuff to say about it, and a lot of people wrote him off. The thing that's interesting is that there was a psychologist, Jerome Croth. Croth said that Files had one of the most credible claims as to what happened during the assassination of JFK.
0: Now that's crazy. That's just one guy coming out, and he wasn't serving a life term, correct? Like he was just serving fifty years. I mean, like I mean, life. he
1: was serving fifty years, but the dude was was in his fifties or sixties.
0: So that yeah, life. <laughs> it might as well have just been life. For that to be the most credible claim of who may have killed JFK, there's a lot of people that are inv- insinuated to be involved. But if this one guy is saying it, and then you have a psychologist that's saying, yeah, this makes the most sense. Wouldn't that fit the narrative to what people are doing? nowadays with these horrible events that are going on
1: to have a psychologist look at this guy you know of course everybody's going to kind of pass him off and be like okay this guy's crazy whatever he's just trying to gain some sort of notoriety or whatever but to have a psychologist come in pretty well accomplished psychologist come in and say um he seems to say this with a lot of confidence. He says this with some interesting facts, and it's entirely possible that he was the guy that did it.
0: It still doesn't discredit the mafia's involvement, the CIA's involvement, the FBI's involvement, Cuba's involvement, anybody else's involvement with it. Because just going back to the previous episode, when we talk about the autopsy, how did somebody alter the president's body if the government didn't have something to do with something that was going on?
1: Well, it's interesting that you bring the mafia back into it. So Files, upon multiple of his interviews regarding the assassination, had said that at one point Hoffa called off the assassination. He had called Carlos Marcello. Carlos Marcello had hired Files to be the assassin. Hoffa calls Marcello, he calls off the assassination... And File says, okay, what are we going to do? We're calling this off. Marcello says, no, fuck it, we're going ahead. So Marcello obviously took this kind of personal. With everything that went on, with Robert Kennedy dropping him off in Nicaragua, and business going down the tubes, and all this other stuff, and the money that they were losing, and just the overall headache that the Kennedys were presenting to the mob, it checks out. One of the out-of-the-box conspiracies that we will quickly touch on because there is not much information behind it. There's definitely no facts behind it. Is it possible that Jackie Onassis could have been part of this plot to kill her own husband?
0: As I touched before, didn't he cheat on his wife with Marilyn Monroe?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's said that she wasn't the only Some one. So I
0: would imagine if you got ties with people like Marilyn Monroe, president or not, I'm sure
2: she's not the only one. From what it seems to be, Kennedy was a player. So you think his wife just killed him over that? I think that's probably one of the more farthest
0: of conspiracy (laughs) theories in the whole thing. But imagine if that's the one. It's just, I'm pissed at my husband. Shoot him. Yo. It, does. it happens, dude. It, Just, it does, does happen. It happen on the scale like that, where you see it in that public light. You know, it happens every day. But does it happen yeah. in a presidential motorcade? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it still contradicts the claim that one of the, was it a Secret Service member that said that he saw her picking up his brain matter frantically? So if she had anything to do with it, you would think she'd be cool as a cucumber. Unless she's a fantastic actor and she just wanted to pick up her husband's brains afterwards just for shits and giggles.
1: Did she know that she was going to get splattered? (laughs) I mean, there's always a a
0: chance when there's a shooting. Maybe she had something to do with his death but didn't know the method of his death. Because she was definitely quite surprised when he got capped.
2: It Surprised
0: is, is an understatement,
2: I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, John, your brains. <laughs> let me get them for you. <laughs> You'd have to be a
1: bad actress. You drop to something, John. Let that go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. There goes your head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Without a concerned moan. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Rest in peace, Jackie. Mm. We had to jump into it.
0: Sorry, Didn't they just temporarily transport her crabapple trees from the White House?
1: Yeah, there was
0: a big thing about that. Fake sure. news that they took it out forever, <laughs> but I believe it was yeah. t- temporarily transported.
1: Yeah.
2: To
0: where? To make the trees healthy, I don't know. They're crabapples, F- they're crabby F- little bitches. Dallas. Yeah, they moved them back to Dallas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Put yeah, them in we, Daily we planted Plaza. them in the grassy knoll.
1: <laughs> it's no longer a knoll. Now it's an orchard. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a grassy orchard of Duly Plaza, <laughs>
0: fertilized with brain matter. You can see, you can see the most wonderful, vivid colors coming off the crab apples from the Depository Building. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you look yeah, right out of if the, if you seat, look through this scope
0: from the sixth floor window, you'll be able to see <laughs> these apples perfectly. <laughs> so after all the players have been talked about. With the JFK assassination, it comes into the investigation. There are multiple committees and meetings and court hearings that happened. One of the bigger ones was the Warren Commission, which happened only a couple days later from the assassination. And it was put into effect by Lyndon B. Johnson.
2: It It was like 888 pages or 890 pages long, like the actual record, right? The record just under a year later was
0: given to Johnson. And yeah, you're right. It was about 888 pages and it had 26 other external documents and testimonies from over 550 people. And it was made public a couple days after Johnson got it. One of the things about the Warren Commission that's weird is that the U.S. Attorney General at the time, Nicholas. Katzebach, believe I pronounced it right, he sent a memo to a White House aide for Johnson named Bill Moyers, and he wrote, quote, the public must be satisfied that Oswald was the assassin, that he did not have Confederates who are still at large, which is very suspect.
1: Yeah, why would you include that? Why would you say, oh, yeah, they have to to believe this?
0: Yeah, we
2: got to convince them.
0: Now, another suspect thing that goes along with that quote is that a part of this Warren Commission... Alan Doles, which is someone we, we had talked about in the MK Ultra episode, was the former director of the CIA, and he was a part of this commission, and he was appointed to coach and interview CIA witnesses on what to ask and answers to basically answer, which is very suspect because you're looking at this man is essentially telling people what to say. And both Lyndon B. Johnson and Doles were both super nervous to make sure that this commission that was put together did not find out. Kennedy's secret involvement and their administration's plans to assassinate Castro and other foreign leaders. All in all, this Warren Commission concluded that President Kennedy was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald and that Oswald entirely acted by himself. It also concluded that Jack Ruby, the man that murdered Oswald a couple days later, entirely acted alone by himself, which totally discredits all the other players that we talk about that only these two people were involved in just murdering each other and one murdering the president Hmm. one of the other meetings that had happened this happened a couple years later it was called the Ramsey Clark panel in 1968 and it was a panel of four or so medical experts appointed by Attorney General Ramsey Clark to examine photographs x-rays documents a bunch of other evidence from the Kennedy assassination his autopsy, and the panel concluded that Kennedy was struck by two bullets, one from above and behind, and one from the front above his right eye. So putting that into effect, if Lee Harvey Oswald was the only one that killed President Kennedy from the depository building that we speak of, how does he again get this entry wound above the right eye, which is complete at odds to the Warren Commission's findings?
2: Yeah, like, if it wasn't a cover-up, why wouldn't they have held this Ramsey-Clark panel before the Warren Commission and included that information that they they examined, you know?
1: I think that's one of the most damning things about the narrative that there is a lone gunman that he shot from the Texas School Book Depository and that it was Lee Harvey Oswald by himself, is that you have this kill shot that was definitely, definitely, definitely Not made from behind. You can see it on film. If if pictures speak a thousand words, then the frame of a film speaks a million. There's just no way that it happened. Now, there was a doctor that was in Parkland Memorial Hospital when the doctor had got when when JFK had arrived at the hospital that said that JFK was wearing some sort of corset so he was wearing some sort of chest and back brace that was held together with ace bandages and wrapped around his legs and all this other stuff and he goes on to claim well if he was shot from behind of course he wouldn't slump forward because this this corset that he was wearing or this brace that he was wearing would have held his body up okay but why Mm. would his head snap back I that mean, brace yeah. is not attached to his neck. It's not attached to the yeah. back of his head.
0: You'll also have the sheer fact that his brains are on the table. So mm. there's, Or there's, on the
1: back of the limo.
0: Obviously, video is not the best, but you can see the blowback. It's clearly there in the video.
1: All right, guys. I'm going to tell you, from everything that we've looked up on this episode, from everything that we've researched, from all the time that we've spent, I'm gonna go with the Mafia the Mafia and the CIA relationship was at fault for this and Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy
2: I'm gonna agree with you yeah that seems like the most definite conclusion
0: on there's my definitely own. some other suspect players but a lot of it comes full circle
1: and there you have it peeps there is so much research that goes into the JFK assassination there are books endless endless amounts of books there are documentaries there are speakers there are experts that have looked over it for years upon years there is so much to look into formulate your own idea this will conclude
0: the episode thanks for tuning in if you like what you hear please leave a comment and subscribe thank you